Hello, I want to let everyone know for this episode of Father and Joe that Father is off-site from where he normally records from, and he was at a retreat that didn't exactly have the best connection between the two of us, so there are some points when his audio will waver. Overall, it does come through pretty good, but just want to disclose that, especially in the beginning when the connection's trying to get fired up, that there's a little bit of connectivity flares there but it does pick up as it goes on and this one's a very good one it's certainly worth it so that being said let's begin the episode hello and welcome to another podcast of father and joe i'm joe rocky here with father boniface hicks and father we in our last couple conversations we've been communicating in a lot of different ways about the importance of growing closer to god as our last episode was in developing a mature soul And the examples you kept giving were, look at human relationships, uh, particularly with the marriage. Um, And today I wanted to focus on actually talking about the benefits of having a marriage. You know, we've had discussions before and we don't want to dismiss about it's not exactly easy, Um, specifically when you mention uh, the the family development the the uh, I'm blanking on the letters of it Teresa knows them but I don't natural family planning and that there's difficulty with that in, inherently but I wanted to have a conversation today about the benefits not just to yourself but I obviously do want to hit those as well but to your children and to society as a whole by essentially learning how to do marriage better. And to how to make it last longer and not to be sitting in a place you don't want to be like a jail cell called your marriage, but to actually want to be there and make it fruitful for all parties. So I wanted to use this space in today's episode to have that conversation and, and go from there. So father, I'm going to give you the floor now and let you teach me. <laughs> You're a married guy. Yeah, and I and I want to be uh, clear in in everything that I say and just say it up front. I mean, I'm profoundly aware of how difficult it can be to commit yourself, life, to another being who is as as male and female. Just immediately, but then we. You know, I always have the image in my mind of my father who spent the last 10 years of his marriage to my mother being her full-time caregiver. And no idea was signing up for that 40 years earlier. So we just don't know what we're getting involved with. And so I want to be profoundly reverent to the difficulties, the challenges that come with with marriage, with choosing to live with another person and then also raising children, raising a family, building a family with another person. So I, I don't want to uh, – anything that I say is recognizing how challenging it can be. Uh, but you, you started out by asking the benefits of staying together, the importance of staying together. And that's, uh, that's the fundamental thing. You know, so much of it is just showing up. You know, if you if you had a, a spouse who just kept showing up, <laughs> who kept being present, who didn't give up, who didn't break away, 
so much can happen through that. Now, more than just showing up needs to happen, but it's, as they say, you know, 80% of the game is just showing up. I remember when I was, uh, you know, in uh, competing in wrestling or soccer or something like that and and how, you know, easy it was to beat a team that didn't show up. Uh, literally, they just forfeited the game. You get a full amount of points and you don't have to work very hard. And really growth and love happens when, when both people show up, when both people really bring themselves. And then the amazing things that can happen when people are willing to enter in and, and work through problems. But just showing up is, is so important. And the way traditionally, you know, the way that the marriage vows try to guarantee that and and there's a hope built into that and certainly a grace for it that uh, if you if you commit yourself to this person and we do that before God in marriage vows, you know, if you commit yourself to this person, then you really commit yourself to them. And God also commits himself to you and to your marriage. And so there's a grace there that's going to help you persevere. And I don't want to be too simplistic about that, but the grace is real. And so really leaning on that grace, turning to God, begging his help, calling out to him, crying out to him, demanding from him, help me. I can't do this anymore. This is so hard. I need your support. That's a good prayer. Have that kind of prayer. Speak to God like that and really call in his commitment. He committed himself to your marriage. And so you can really call on that. And and as I say, the you know, the way that we commit ourselves to showing up through that vow and God commits himself as well. That was recognized also in civil law by not allowing divorce. Divorce is a pretty new phenomenon. And we know going all the way back to uh, Henry VIII and as a famous case where divorce wasn't allowed except that he happened to be the king. So he changed that law, but he wasn't able to change the church sacramental uh, truth that, that marriage is a binding sacrament that can't just be divorced. It just can't be ended because the person wants it. And so so Henry VIII ended up killing his wife because death does end marriage. But in any event, divorce is a relatively new concept in law. And, and it's interesting. We could really look to divorce, no-fault divorce, which was introduced in the 1950s, I think, 1960s, as a, as a real watershed for the dissolution of the family. We, we look to things like abortion, and rightly so, and then we go back a little farther and look at contraception, and rightly so. But even before that, no-fault divorce did a lot of damage to marriages. Now, it's hard to say that, and this is where I go back to my original comment that I'm aware of how difficult marriage is, how difficult that commitment is to live out at times. And so I'm also very sympathetic. My heart goes out to those who are struggling. And no-fault divorce was uh, meant to provide a space for those marriages that were really bad. And especially from the, the woman's side, there wasn't always adequate legal support if the man was more controlling or abusive or um, there were those real problems. And so rather than requiring all the testimonies and proof, the, the law wanted to make it easier for people to get out of really 
situations. So again, without demonizing the law, which had a, a good intention, it really opened the door for a lot of things that I don't think were ever intended by the original law. And that's the just ease with which divorce can take place now without any real justification, just because uh, someone feels like the marriage died or is done or wants to get out of it or wants to be with somebody else or a lot of other things like that. And that's so destructive. The, have a right to have two parents who are committed to each other, even if the, the love is limited there, even if there are some other problems to work through, even if there are difficulties, having two parents that are committed to each other and committed to working through things with each other is a real model for God's love, for the stability of that relationship. And there's no, it's, it's such a great disservice to not give children that foundation of two parents who are committed to each other for life. There are plenty of other difficult things that happen without introducing that one into their lives. And just the damage that happens is that the, the failure to live a marriage, uh, to stick with it and to work through it, leads to the kind of insecurities, can I ever do this, might lead to the... Uh, running away, I need to find somebody who seems to actually love me and appreciate me, and we can people can run into rebound relationships that end up falling apart again, and then a couple of failed marriages, and people really suffer from that, really struggle from that, and so it does a lot of damage to the spouses, and really can solidify a pattern of just running away from problems, not ever working anything out, because as much as we can say it's the other person who's at fault, it always takes two. And so there's always some of my own issues that need to be worked out when I have a conflict with somebody else. I always have ways that I need to grow. And if I keep running to the next relationship, the next marriage, the, the next thing, uh, then I'm never going to face that stuff in myself that needs conversion, that needs to change. And that's so destructive. I'm really giving up on myself and, in a way, giving up on God and not dealing with and, and staying with that stuff and working through it. So, so it's so important. Just to stay together does so much. Now, staying together, as I've already alluded to, can be extremely difficult. And now I'm not talking about a situation where there's real abuse. And where there is real abuse, uh, sometimes it's... Uh, well, where there's real abuse, it's necessary to take stronger actions, to get help, to have intervention. So there's nobody that is required to stay in a situation where they're being beaten, abused, also verbally, or even uh, there's a way that uh, a kind of spiritual abuse can take place when religious ideas are used to control and manipulate the other person. So where there's abuse, there's a need to take steps. That doesn't necessarily mean divorce, although that has to be one of the options. And that's something that even preceded no-fault divorce. Of course, when there is fault, when there is abuse, uh, then some steps need to be taken. Sometimes there are, there are centers like the Blackburn Center that uh, helps battered wives to find a safe refuge because uh, there's a, sometimes a danger that in leaving, a woman could be killed by her husband. 
And so to protect her and provide for her and provide for the children, there's some beautiful centers for intervention for those things. So again, those are special situations, but that's very exceptional. The majority of situations, there are difficulties, there are misunderstandings, uh, maybe the love has died, maybe there's even been infidelity, and someone has uh, fallen in love with a with a coworker or a, a friend that they've gotten to know in some way. Now, those are situations that can still be worked through, and reconciliation and communication, sometimes it it brings the, the tensions and the brokenness in the marriage to a head, and then it can actually be worked through. In those situations, when a married couple has even serious problems like that, like a, a real uh, emotional separation or even marital infidelity, and they're able to work through that, something really beautiful happens because they really understand. Both of them come to understand more deeply the mercy of God. And when they're able to have that mercy on the other or receive that mercy from the other, when they're able to recognize, reconcile and work through problems, something incredibly beautiful happens. And that mercy starts to overflow on others as well, on, on friends and children. So being able to persevere in those situations is, is really important. And there, there are plenty of supports for that. There's a lot of good marital counselors that can help couples to work through problems. I, I can think of several people I know offhand who had some very difficult struggles. I mean, really moving towards separation possibly divorce, they were able to get some marriage counseling and really learn how to listen to each other, learn uh, what what the other was struggling with and and how their uh, prejudgments were were false and how to get over some of their own wounds that were being projected onto the other. And that marital counseling helped a, a tremendous amount. Yeah, as you had mentioned in there, one of the things that I think ought not to be lost is this process of, of marriage really can show you what you're lacking in and to just run away from it prevents you from growing. And I think that that is one of the benefits that most people really don't see because to be with someone you're, you're confronted to, to to have not just their side but but your side as well as getting light put upon it and as you had mentioned before none of us are perfect you can only be perfect as a team but none of us as individually are and therefore there's going to be situations and areas in each of our lives inherently that aren't great that that need to be grown and developed further. And I think that that's part of the benefit that that people really miss because they just see this challenge, which is probably something that they buried within that they don't want to confront that should be dealt with, but rather than dealing with that, just run away. And the other part about what you mentioned there is how doing that just teaches children to do that and more and more and I think we finally hit the point in the timeline that you were going through where that's happened I mean statistically speaking the younger you are the less likely you are to ever get married and that mm. in itself has 
not even attempting to try to make it work is, you know, that that's the natural result of, of growing up and seeing your parents didn't work. His parents didn't work. Um, so why should we even try and, and deal with it? Um, cause on some level it's showing a complete lack of faith that you can accomplish it. But on another really weird way, it is a reverence to the institution of marriage because you know, you won't be able to do it. Or at least you, you think that. And I'd like to spend a minute on that thought. Cause that's essentially the, the prevailing winds of the, uh, what they're calling the millennial generation. Yeah, just giving up and moving on, unwillingness to commit and not wanting to repeat the failures of parents by not even trying is uh, is really heartbreaking. And it uh, tends to get worse, you know. So then there's this kind of halfway commitment. People move in together uh, as if that will solve something. So without making a commitment, they just sort of uh, nominally commit by moving in together, give the sign that they're going to be married, but they don't want to get a divorce, and so they don't actually stand up before God and make a promise before him, but also don't receive his help through the sacrament. And depriving themselves of that makes the whole situation that much more fragile. So, yeah, it's a... It's a sad reality in, in the millennial gener- generation, which also leads to a lack of commitment in a workplace. I was talking to a CEO of a major organization, and he was talking to uh, you know, a new hire that they were hiring into, wanted to hire into a significant position. And the guy just told him up front, you know, probably I'll only come on board for a couple of years, and then I'm already looking for another place to go because you can't commit to someplace for too long. <laughs> and... Uh, this guy who had worked, had been committed to this company since his childhood, uh, had no interest in a guy who was already starting out with that attitude. You know, sure, it's one thing to, for various reasons, look for other work, but it's another thing to start out a position expecting you're going to leave it. And that, that lack of commitment leads to a lack of investment. You know, if I'm, if I'm not really going to be with someone for my whole life, I'm not going to give them my whole heart. I'm going to give them some part of my heart that I don't mind losing. You know, it's like when you go to uh, a casino, the smart thing to do is to decide in advance how much you're willing to lose. And so you put in 20 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever, and you just presume you're going to lose that. If we go into marriage like that, first of all, we're not going to bet the farm because we're expecting to lose it. And we're not going to invest that much. And so the, the reality is that the return is not that great either. Now, fortunately, marriage has much better stakes than casinos, so we don't need to take that kind of defensive approach to, to marriage. But that lack of commitment really undercuts a lot of other things. And you're so right, Joe, that that lack of commitment has come from a generation that has grown up with 50-plus percent divorce rates. And so so many of the people now... Uh, who would should be getting married are hesitant to do that or totally unwilling to do that because of their own experience of of divorce and lack of commitment in their own parents and their own families yeah because you you see the negative effects around you and, and that was actually one of the topics i had thought of that not willing to to invest does hurt you uh i mean th- there's no doubt about that 
Um, you, you just gave the example there of why would I hire someone who's not on board? And the same thing permeates throughout because inevitably, no matter how blue sky and green grass the days are today, a problem will come up. It's inevitable. No matter who you are and where you are, it's a fact of life. And to have a, a framework around you to know that we're committed to making this work, even if it's hard or scary or what have you, is a tremendous benefit. But essentially, it's it's fear or some other negative reason is holding it back. And that really does lead to what you mentioned before, is that it is a sense of of, of, of going away from God because it's not easy doing any of the sacraments really. Um, you know, to be called to be worthy of the promises of Christ isn't easy. You got to not follow sin and, and turn away from that. But the benefits of growing and getting through the process of overcoming problems within yourself and creating a little bit of humility that you're not the center of all and nor are you perfect creates a, a much better end result uh, for everyone involved. So I, I wanted to, to re-highlight that because in a very real way, it is turning away from God um, if by no other blatant way than turning away from the sacrament of marriage. So as we're getting towards the end of today's episode, I want to give you the, the chance to give some final thoughts about today's topic. Yeah, thanks, Joe. And, and I just want to mention, I mentioned uh, marriage counseling as one approach to take that I certainly warmly encourage. There's just some basic communication that can help tremendously. Uh, a lot of times men are bad communicators and uh, don't listen well. A lot of times women are so intuitive that they're they're bad communicators in the way that men need them to be. And so just helping men and women to get the skills to actually break through is uh, extremely valuable. And, and a marriage counselor, without entering into a lot of other uh, things, I know people sometimes are sensitive about moral issues and uh, whether a marriage counselor is really on board with Christian morality. But a lot of the things are so basic in terms of communication, just human problems that you don't even need to get into things that are uh, that far along. But uh, another uh, place to look is a retreat called Retrovi, which has a funny French spelling, R-E-T-R-O-U-V-A-I-L-L-E. So Retrovi, and it's a, it's a French word for turning back, I think. Uh, and it's based on the, the marriage encounter movement, but it's really especially designed for couples that are struggling, uh, for married couples that are in, in a difficult place. So it's really meant to take them where even where there's very little communication, a lot of broken trust, and get them perhaps opened up. And it's in the context of a, a Catholic retreat with the grace of the sacraments and uh, some good tools to use. So retrovi. And it's in a lot of dioceses. Uh, you find it uh, not too far away from you, uh, no matter who you are or where you're listening, at least in the United States. Um, so retrovise another uh, beautiful thing. And then 
Of course, just turning to friends, you know, uh, marriage counselors have the advantage of having some skills that they've learned in their education, which is great. But a lot of times just having a friend, a third party, somebody who can make some observations, an older, more experienced married couple who's probably been through similar problems, similar struggles, can offer some wisdom. You know, and a lot of times people just need to be heard. Once their once their pain is heard and received, then a lot of things can open up from that. And so um, just some simple ways to, to move forward. And, of course, you know, the fundamental thing is prayer. It's so important to pray and even to pray together and spend time just in silence but in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Learn to be with your spouse who you're even having difficulty with, but in front of the Blessed Sacrament, in prayer, uh, just praying the Liturgy of the Hours, night prayer, something like that, where you don't have to put a lot of yourself into it, but you can really bring God into it. That can be a, a big help. But then, go just going back to the first point, you know, persevering, not giving yourself the out. So again, with the exception of some situations where there's r real abuse, um, just not giving yourself the out of, of giving up and being committed to working through something. And that will be the best gift that you can give for your children and that you can also really give to yourself and give to God is letting him into it and committing to working through it. And then it's amazing what can happen. Really, the marriage can be better than you ever dreamed of. And I know lots of examples of that from my own personal experience and pastoral experience. Well, thank you for ending on, on such a good a positive note there father and you know we encourage everyone to uh to take it to heart and if you are seeing someone out there who's in the spot where they're just avoiding marriage for whatever reason to give them some guidance to think about it so we thank everyone out there for listening we have been growing we thank you guys for continuing to tell a friend about us we'll be with you again here next week and thank you everyone